1: Welcome back to another episode of we're all a little crazy brought to you by the hashtag same here global mental health movement. I'm your host, Eric Kusin, along with co-host Darren Ravel. If you've been following along and you enjoy us, we'd love for you to make sure you subscribe and leave us a five star rating so we can continue to reach more people. Obviously, these topics are really important and we want to make sure they reach as many people as possible. You know, we've been focusing on current events, and that's been our theme throughout uh, this, not only season two, but even season one before that. And it's been everything from sports stories like the last one with John Morant and other stories relating to billionaires that were losing to suicide and other stories like the Tyree Nichols situ- situation. And this particular one, you might... Question why a show that focuses on national stories is focusing a little more on local stories. Amazingly, this story didn't make national news, um, but it's one that I read and I shared, and it's probably one of the most reacted to stories I've seen on our social channels since we launched over five years ago. So you had a young man, his name is Terry Badger III, uh, Indiana, 13 years old. Big time baseball player. So when I say big time baseball player, he's five foot three, one hundred and fifty pounds at uh, at only thirteen. He's hit home runs over three hundred feet. He throws the ball seventy one miles an hour as a pitcher. He's in seventh grade, being looked at to be brought up to the varsity team, and he's on his way home, being brought home by his mom. And the the background that we hear is that he sends two text messages almost automatically every single day one is in the morning telling his parents he loves them one is in the afternoon as his dad is coming home from work about an hour after terry himself gets gets home from school and they're about to go hit fly balls dad i'm in the room did my homework ready to go so his mom brings him home on this particular day this is march of this past uh, this past march and uh brings him home 3 p.m mom goes out to do an errand dad doesn't get the text message first time in i don't know how many days consecutively he sent him and the mom comes home and finds him dead of suicide i'm happy that the article does not share the means through which it happened uh that's a best practice in the media to not share the means but obviously a devastating thing to find um something that's gonna haunt that woman for the rest of her life haunt her husband for the rest of their lives and what we find is that terry the son left a video and in the video what he left was i get picked on every day i hate my life you can thank and he names the kids who've been bullying him up until this point and then unfortunately the suicide happens and you look at that and you just say my god you know, what was this kid dealing with? What was, what was being said to him? And what's come out since that video was he was being bullied continuously with these three or four things over and over again. One, you look like you shop at Goodwill. Two, you're a fat ass. Three, how awful your haircut is. And four, you're worthless. Okay. And if you look at this child's picture, I hope everyone will Google Terry Badger after this episode, and we'll look up and see what this kid looked like. He looks like your average teenager who grew a little fast. I don't think any of us go home to our parents or our caregivers, and we don't have a picture of us looking awkward in our teen years where... We grew a little too fast and put a little too much weight on or we didn't grow enough or we were too skinny or we did you know everyone else grew faster than we did and we look awkward compared to everyone else and you see the smile on this kid's face and you say my god like that could have been me and what it did for me you know i i have a difficult time i've shared this with emotions being able to tap in emotions I, I started tearing up and actually physically crying when I read this story. Maybe it. it and I'm going to bring up some of my own personal scenarios. I didn't have bullying to this level, but I think all of us have stories of bullying. And hopefully, uh, Darren and I and our guests will be open to sharing uh, each of those situations, maybe one each, so we could be truly vulnerable here. Um, but it's the relatability of this story and how this can happen to anyone. And seeing the smile on this young kid's face and realizing that it doesn't take much. And I think another point of conversation is, why is bullying now even more volatile than it was when we all grew up? What is this generation dealing with on top of what general bullying is that's making this the perfect storm of too much weight that they're carrying? Because what I don't want to hear the bullshit of is this next generation is soft, Compared to our generation, we dealt with bullying too, and we didn't make those decisions that they're making. So that sets the table. Uh, we have back our friend Dr. John Rosa, surrogate to the White House on the opioid crisis and expert on mental health, lectures all over the country. You know, has seventeen integrative medicine clinics, and then uh, Dr. Mark Allen, who is out of Colorado, child and adolescent psychiatrist. I know we had Dr. Pleener on last show and we were talking about how regional psychiatry is now going to be the psychiatry wing in partnership and collaboration with the movement that is same here. Exciting announcement, though not, not our official larger announcement, that Mark will be joining us as uh, a focus on child and adolescent psychiatry out of the, the brand that is same here at regional psychiatry. So, We've got the perfect folks to be on and talk about this. And I, I you know, I'm I'm going to start with Darren before I go to Mark, because, you know, we were talking a little bit about this before. Darren is the is the poster boy for having a T-shirt that says nerd on it. Right. Um, of probably what he was called growing up and then lives in this partially joking, partially serious world of him versus barstool and the stoolies and all that fun stuff. I say fun in a facetious way because you see a lot of people projecting their pain that they had as kids, that there was an outlet for it when you're in school. And then before social media popped up, there wasn't as much of an outlet. And now you go into the work world and you can't do that because it's not, you know, it's frowned down upon and, and it's not looked at in a positive light by your employers and then there's this online culture of just ripping on people. So Darren, I, as someone who just touches in this space because of socially what you experience, wanted to get your reaction to the story, what you read, what the, your feelings were, how your emotions were caught from what you what you saw in the in the in the piece.
2: I would start by saying that uh, I looked. Uh, I would say if if you think that. Terry Badger, you know, looked awkward. I was 10 times more awkward. I had adult-sized glasses over my eyebrows. I had a big jufro, as they call it. Um, But what was crazy to me is that I did not allow it to get to me. Now, here's the thing. I have no idea under what construct, whether it was my parents or whatever it was, like, I'm not giving myself credit for it not getting to me. Um, The the word allow is probably the wrong word. Um, But I was, my nickname was Chunky. I accepted that nickname. Um, I wore Husky jeans. Um, I was pretty much the last person on the, picked on the playground. And um, I was somehow fine with it. Now, when I became a parent and uh, uh, the the bullying culture actually more manifested itself with my daughter in the clicks that happen in the schools. I originally said to myself as a parent, "Well, why why are you why are you getting involved? Like, why do you care?" And I realized that um, whatever it was in me that allowed me not to care. Um, is not does not mean that i can tell my daughter or sons not to care um it's just individual with with everyone and so that was that was one of the first learnings at least with me and then when my daughter uh for the first time googled me and found that you know, on the first page is, you know, why is Darren Ravel, the most hated man in America, a 5,000 word buzz BuzzFeed piece? You know, she's like, Daddy, why, why is this? And later watched me respond to people bullying me, as you said, goaded on by the barstool culture. She said, why do you respond? And over time, I realized as a parent, I respond Because I can respond and I don't like the quiet nature of what goes on, which is the bullying and potentially the first time that Terry Badger's parents hear about the bullying is now because of how quiet bullying is. So I, you know, people say, well, why are you responding and then going on Instagram and showing people that you're responding. You're giving that person the life that they will want. And I say actually, no, I want you to see what I get. I want to screen grab what I get. I want to show you what I get because I could handle it right now. And a lot of these kids can't handle it right now. And the the barstool culture, you know, they they automatically dismiss Uh, the bullying, but, you know, they're, they, they are led by Dave Fortnoy, who uh, basically releases mobs on people who, you know, that who, who he doesn't like or are coming after him. Um, And, uh, you know, I'm trying not to make this too long winded, but a friend, uh, his son's theme for his bar mitzvah was barstool. And I was just like, I just, you know, I, I understand it's like a cool brand, but I also want you to understand that it's not a cool brand. Um, And, and, but, but it is definitely a part of the, the bullying culture. The kids aren't soft. They are, there's easier ways to bully than ever before. You're, it used to be in our culture. Hey, you're on the playground, you're in person. Now someone can bully you nonstop. Right. Uh, and, and, and I, and the wish at least from my standpoint as someone who is bullied as an adult um is to to try to bring out and show this uh and and show that you know this should not be normalized and uh speak up and show it and and get rid of the narrative that you're giving the bully what they want when you respond because i think otherwise there's no way that this is ever going to come to the forefront. Um, so that's just kind of my experience as as a kid, um, as a as a parent, um, and as someone who is actively bullied every single day of my life.
1: As I as I bring Dr. Mark in, I I want to challenge you not to. You don't have to answer it now, but it's something I want you to think about. Because I'll give my own situation. You said you were called chunky and you're saying it didn't bother you, there's some piece of me, and, and and Mark will probably smile as I say this, that subconsciously deep down... It did bother me.
2: What? No, I, are you saying that it did yeah, bother like, me? You're I'm, a human, I'm, I'm you're basically a human being. the story.
1: Yeah. You're, you're a human being, and, and even though you may have had thick skin, and it's something you right, were, my na-
2: my narrative, My narrative is telling me it didn't bother me, but perhaps it did. I do remember asking, you know, there was a brand which would not exist today called Husky. And I asked my mom why I have Husky jeans. Yep. you know, which it was probably the hardest question for her to answer uh, before the birds and the bees. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but um, yeah, you know, potentially that's true. That's why when I said, you know, having done all this stuff, I did not allow it to get to me. My story the story I've told myself is that I didn't allow it to get to me in the moment, you know, potentially I did. And I don't, and I don't want to seem at all dismissive that this, that I had a choice or I was somehow better or whatever it is. All I know is that throughout my life, I was the last one picked. I was the worst and whatever it is, I was in, I still enjoyed like being on the field and I didn't dwell on being, last so I do understand that it is over time as a 44 year old man the narrative of the story I've told myself okay. throughout my life
1: it's it's insulation in a way
2: and and I I
1: the reason I ask that Darren is because when you look at the picture of and this is where I want to bring Mark in when you look at the picture of Terry chunky that word is sadly a similar word to fat ass that he was apparently called I think of pictures looking back as a young kid. I was a stick figure in elementary school. And then right when I got into middle school, you start to get that awkward growth phase. And because you're a stick figure in elementary school and because the cafeteria, you pay a certain amount and you can eat whatever the hell you want. I'm looking at pictures when I went on my brother's Make-A-Wish and we went to Oakland. We were seeing the A's play against the Yankees and we got to meet Ricky Henderson. But there's a picture of me I'm wearing the hat the same way that Terry's in that picture. My face is blown up the same way that Terry's is in that picture, and I'm like, "That was frigging me at that age." Now I didn't get that same level. I'm going to talk about what was shared with me. It's but by the by the
2: way, Eric, it's also what Tom Brady looked like. I mean, right? If you just, you know, well, light.
1: and look at how Tom Brady gets ripped on for what his body looked like at the combine, right? I mean, people say. So, Mark, you're you you see children of this age all the time, little younger, little older how common is this? Like how common is this that kids now versus kids in the past are getting this type of message thrown at them? How big of an issue, probably a generic question is bullying. Right. But like that people need to know, because you can't share specific situations of patients, but you can talk in the aggregate of how much of an issue this is in terms of this is what I deal with at school it's a lot to be able to carry these, these comments that come my way.
0: Yeah. uh, Thanks for having me guys. Uh, So every kid goes through all kinds of awkward phases during adolescence, some, some more than others, but what's different now is that social media is basically a negative extender of the school day. So it's, it's this awful echo chamber where if there's bullying that's going on at school, these kids can't escape from it there's no, there's no, there's never a break. And so, I mean, I can't speak directly at all about the, this, um, young man's situation, but I imagine if it, if there was bullying going on probably in person, then it continued online. And, you know, the, uh, then as Darren was, you know, so eloquently put and, you know, you, you get into this, this back and forth, and then it's engaging. And then again, you never are getting away from it. Um, you know, when I, when, I, when I was a kid, certainly I had my own awkward phase. I mean, you can call me the khaki kid. I mean, I don't remember the first time he bought a pair of jeans. Uh, it was awful. Kids used to make comments about that all the time. Even my wife does still now. Uh, you, you know, and uh, Husky, oh, yeah, I remember that as being a a, a size. Wait, so, a so, so wait, I want to <laughs> pause that. So the khaki kid, because you were wearing
1: khaki pants all the time and not jeans, and so, right. And, and I'm, I'm bringing that up, Mark. And I'm going to, it's the same here moment, but it's like, so the, the, the phrase that hits me and I wasn't bullied with a mercy, mercilessly, mercifully, whatever the word is. It wasn't an over and over again, but it's like one or two kids. And it probably happened over the course of like one semester. So I had glasses that I was wearing, like Darren said, and then my face, the way that it, it like, you know, your face kind of awkwardly grows so my, the front of my face look flat compared to like the back, you know, like sometimes like your bone structure. So I remember, and I, it's almost hard for me to say, like, I'm in a therapy session with you sophisticated flat face. Okay. Like I hear that right now and it gives me the same angst that it gave me when I was freaking 13 years old, when it wasn't over and over again. Like this kid, Terry got, it was only a couple times by a couple of kids who were probably my friends more than actual bullies, but I, I internalize that sophisticated. The reason I brought that up and want to, want to, as you're sharing your story, I want you to keep going on. Mark is khakis is not necessarily a bad thing. (laughs) Like maybe khakis is like a little more formal sophisticated is not a bad thing. It means like you're kind of intelligent because you're wearing glasses. It wasn't being called four eyes or something like that, but we internalize as kids, these, these, these darts that get thrown on us that feel like it's people making mean comments at us.
0: Yeah, it's all the perception. It's not, it's not really what is said a lot of times. It's how it's said and then and then how it's then repeated and then how you then internalize your own narrative and that it can yes. get really spin out of control, uh, especially for a kiddo who's, you know, 13 years old and trying to figure out, uh, you know, how to how to maneuver a very very difficult social situation that it is being you know teen in this day and age, so.
3: VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and
1: Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
0: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
1: Learn more at meta.com/slash/metaverseimpact. Be continued at
3: scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: Well, Dr. Rosa, I mean, you've talked a lot about the connection between the front of the brain and the back of the brain and figuring out who we are at that age. Like, who am I as a person and how much this almost, you know, culturally things that are going on and then individually things that are going on. We got kids, Mark talked about like the you can't escape it part of it, but let's talk about the developmental part of it. Like what does this do to a child as they're hearing these things?
4: Yeah, well, there's a reason why you can go to war or vote at a certain age or drink alcohol at a certain age. And we pattern that when the frontal prefrontal cortex marries to the decision-making portion of the brain, one is perceived and one is a decision. And there's a moral compass or understanding of social cues that make you okay to make decisions at that age, you're getting bombarded with such a hormonal flush, right? That's what causes you to have the weight. everyone goes through. Whenever their puberty cycle engages, you go through this blow up phase as a preparatory to going up another level, whether some people will gain six inches in a year and everybody who did six inches in a year, look at their pictures before the six inches. There's a there's a process the body goes through. Um, and hormonal changes are affecting everybody at a different stage. Most of this stuff happens at a middle school age. And I'm sure Mark can attest to that based on patient base. But that's when the awkwardness comes. Because you're starting to go into these puberty phases where you have no idea what is like, why things are blending and what things are happening and And girls are looking down at themselves and you have now you have boobs and guys wake up in the morning and things look different and you start having hair in different places. Your reaction is different. But if a nine year old can get pregnant now where we're not seeing the teenage years where things normally would be everyone going through the same thing at the same time. When you have such a disruption in, in in where puberty lies and the changes that the human brain and the person is going through, they don't know what the incoming is versus the back of the brain saying, "Okay, that makes sense." All they they get they get hit so hard with, look, it's both sides too, right? It's the bullier and and you and I've heard Theo say it, and I, I've I've heard you you say so eloquently, "Hurt people, hurt people," and they're all doing through the same struggles they both don't fit in and then the tendency for this to happen and, and the the neurochemistry of what happens that we we talked to in the past about this disassociation that occurs when you can get when you're being bullied and you're keeping it in and you have no external out you know like darren was able to take it in and had a support system and it felt safety within his 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 tribe safe enough to react let Let the internal peace come back out. Most people today in society don't have those safety net, don't have a tribe, don't have the support system. They take it, they hold it, they take it, they hold it, they take it, they hold it. And eventually you get this disassociation which occurs. That's a little bit of a mix of different reasons. And I I, want to get it out so that it's part of the conversation. And maybe Mark could even um, add to what I just said, but that is really, you're not in a good spot in the pre-teenage early teenage did, when did you hit puberty when did you not you're not understanding of reality why is think why are things happening happening to me um there's a lot that needs to be understood on both ends because both of those things i just said happen to both of those parties the bully has their own mental health issues that they're struggling with and the person who gets bullied sometimes is the vulnerable one who's already going through stuff they're socially inept they may be very smart they may be awkwardly gaining weight. They may go through puberty at different stage and have pimples or hair coming in different places. Like there's something awkward about both sides that cause
1: that collide. It's it's that middle school period, you know, going to mark, and then we're we're fortunate that Theo, after his long trip, was actually able to join us. And I, and I, knowing Theo's story, I'm going to bring him in because I, you know, his story is well documented in terms of. What happened to him with his coach's abuse? But I, I, Theo, we've had a lot of openness here of Darren talking about being called chunky, Mark being being told that he's khaki boy uh, for wearing khakis, me being called sophisticated flat face. Theo, on on your end, I, you know, I'm gonna say the elephant in the room just because you you said it to me when we first met. You looked at me and you said, "I used to kick the shit out of guys your size all the time." which probably comes from a place of before anything happened with Graham, when you were 12, 13 years old and you were on the ice and you maybe weren't the size of some of the players, maybe I'm projecting on you there. But do you ever remember? I mean, what we're trying to do is because we hope parents will take this episode and share it with their kids and realize the normalcy of of how often this type of stuff happens. And that doesn't take away the pain, but we want to create – this this culture of guys we understand it gals we understand it like it's something that's common let's openly talk about it so we don't hold on to it and doesn't build and it doesn't fester do you remember periods in your life theo before the stuff with coach where there was there was verbal bullying or any other type of bullying going on in your life
3: yeah well unfortunately i was the bully Mm. so you know uh and uh but you know, my my probably my biggest obstacle I had to over, overcome my whole entire life was size, right? Yep. You know, everybody said I was too small, I was never gonna make it, you know, da 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 da. You know, that was the like the common narrative, right? And yep. so uh I guess I had a proverbial chip on my shoulder, but you know, I was also uh experiencing some pretty crazy shit at home right Right. you know both my parents were uh my mom was an addict and my dad was a alcoholic so um you know there was a lot of nights where there was no sleep because of what was going on at home so I'd go to school you know irritable restless you know tired and so somebody you know Looked at me the wrong way or said the wrong thing, you know, game on, right? So, um, yeah, I would say I was, I was a bully, um, to the point of, you know, relentlessness, you know, but it was because I believe it was because what I was experiencing, uh, at home where I never felt safe at home, you know, I was always. Uh, And I was my mom's protector too. Right. You know, so, you know, there was a whole bunch of dynamic, uh, you know, going on, but, uh, but yeah, you know, and, and kids are awful. Like they really are, you know, like uh, um, they're mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, and, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, when you don't have, a fully developed brain, you know, this is the kind of stuff that happens, right? And then when you get older, you know, and you, you're able to self-reflect, um, you know, you, you realize that, yeah, you know, I was bullied or uh, I was a bully, you know, you're able to, you know, reflect on, you know, those experiences, you know, which which you know, make you who you are, right experiences yeah. make make you who you are and and so um so yeah, that that was kind of my experience um
1: well you're you're you know, you're, grow, you're
3: growing, growing up as a kid, right you're
1: backing up what John was saying that you know we got two different situations here which will help us bring Mark in is you've got the pain of the bully projecting onto, the pain of the kid who's getting bullied right mm-hmm. um and you know Theo, you could you could give me a yes or no answer here but when you say certainly you were dealing with things at home but when you said size was always a thing for you i'm assuming somewhere along the way i'm gonna i'm gonna use the age ranges of because of before the stuff with graham 11 to 15 if size is what you're getting picked on you're hearing words like shrimp you know uh uh, puny like tiny uh mini mouse like these are the things that kids use because it's what they watch on tv and it's the words they hear and then they Mm -hmm. project that onto you right or you're never Mm -hmm. big enough to make it you're like and 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 to mark's point we internalize that and it becomes our internal narrative of oh my god are they right like even as Darren's saying he had the support system, and as John's saying back in the day, we had larger support systems generally, it still is something that we internalize when we hear that word, because as humans, it's impossible not to go, is there some credibility in what that person said? Like, it, it, am I ugly? Am I short? Do I wear the wrong clothes? And all these things, like, even though it comes from an feels like a person who themselves is an awful person. We internalize that. So Mark, when you're, when you're, when you have clients in your office, when you have kids in your office, how much of it is an education process and how important is it? And the answer might be not at all. We didn't discuss this beforehand to explain to a child who's hurting because the words are coming to them, where the pain is coming from and the person that's projecting on them that it's not that there's something wrong with you. It's that that person themselves has something they don't like about themselves that they're pushing onto you.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great point. A lot of times the the bully is not the one necessarily that's talked about very often. And it's like, maybe there's something going on with them. And, you know, Theo obviously shared his, his own experience, but it, they're looking for a means of control and the situation maybe in other areas of their life where they don't have control. They're projecting the anger that they're feeling that anxiety actually leads to a secondary emotion or anger that can come out and then looking for a way to to, to channel it. Unfortunately, there then is a recipient of that anger and aggression, which in a bullying, it could be you know emotional, verbal, uh, physical, or whatever. Uh, but this is why having a healthy outlet for that, And team sports participation should be an excellent way to channel some of that anger and aggression. But then there's the social aspect to that, which can go right or wrong. And so we need, as long as the kids know that these things are going on, it can be a very healthy place to actually deal with the whole situation um and you know the, the the not to forget the young man who prompted this whole discussion you know he was a, he was an athlete he was on a team i don't know what what was good necessarily going on in the team or at school or, or whatever but he clearly had a, a love and a passion that he was doing and he had a healthy outlet so he was doing a lot of things right uh and you know sometimes this this stuff happens but we don't want to forget about the bully well there people too
1: look i mean we've got like darren who is proficient at statistics and he was in drama and he had outlets that were creative you had Theo who was an athlete grown up you had me who was an athlete grown up you had John who grew up in the dark ages so we don't know what he was growing up oh, <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> I'm messing with John I'm only giving you a hard time John because you haven't given us yet what you were bullied about and we've got well, you guys had
4: all your names they used to call me first base and there and it wasn't because of my prowess with women it was because I was so heavy and I played baseball because my whole family did and I would smack the ball. I, I was a great hitter, but it would hit the it would literally hit the wall at the end of the park. And I'd still only make it to first base. So, yeah, when, when it's great it's nick-
2: a great nickname, what a great nickname. Sorry, oh, a- dude, it was terrible. <laughs> still haunts me, man. And I, I have dreams of me. Like
4: trying to
2: get to her
4: space. <laughs> it's just terrible. But we externalize. Can,
2: can I just say something? Uh, because I again, like, I feel like in this conversation, I, it's almost like I am the uh, I'm not the teacher, but I'm the person who has the largest megaphone, and knowing how important it is, and and externalizing uh what's going on with these kids usually i'm probably i'm usually speaking to parents who then try to get their the message to their kids and just like tom brady grew up uh like terry uh, or looking like terry and became tom brady uh i've done a, tr- a ton of work on nerds win and um you know i've put out my most awkward photo um you can see it on over a hundred pages on google if you type in darren revel middle school photo when i uh did an investigation of Jameis winston uh the on college game day someone blew it up on a humongous poster board uh, as if that was still going to hurt me uh but it was basic when 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 uh 500 level A t shirt company said, Hey, we want to do t shirts of you. You know, they were all leaning into the, uh, you know, bullying kind of thing, right? Darren Ravel, 6.99 40 yard dash. You know, who could run slower? You know, but the nerd one, the nerd t shirt is the one that I'm most proud of, taking that photo, putting hashtag nerd and telling people that in the end, Nerds win over high school quarterbacks like a hundred percent. Nerds win in the end of life. In the when after you get out of high school, nerds on the whole probably have the better girls, better life, better bank account, everything. And so, I so part of me is speaking to the parents to speak to the kids to say, Hey. You know, I know it's hard to see, as Mark said, it's harder to see when the bullying is is extended past the school day. But, 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 guess what? I mean, I think that you know, in the end, nerds win, and I just don't think bullying has the examples, uh, and that's why I work so hard, right? The examples that what you are now is not what you are tomorrow.
1: The, pro- and, the problem, Darren, is there's a there's a nuance, and I love don't don't get me wrong, you know, I love any type of campaign that challenges orthodoxy and that changes the way that we think about something. And so you're putting a dent in what the word nerd means. In Terry's case, what he was being teased about, and I think what makes this story so relatable is he was being teased about his weight. He's been calling fat ass. He was being teased about his clothes, was saying that he shops at Goodwill. And so the challenge is the nuance that we understand as adults, which is that you're using nerd as an overarching definition and explanation of being teased about anything. Dr. Rose's example is a case in point. Why was he called first base? Because he was slow and couldn't run because maybe he's a little heavy from not being able to run. You internalize that as a kid, as I'm a slow fat ass, right? That's different in a kid's mind than being a nerd. And in Terry's case, he was a, the reason I was bringing up that you were proficient, Darren, at being in drama and 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 having all these statistics and being a sports guy, and and we were all different athletes and different different sports that we played. Is there's also nuance, and I'm not I'm not taking down the nerd thing. I want to more broadly define the nerd thing so that people understand it. Is that we internalize the specifics of the words that come at us fat ass is I'm overweight. Okay. Shop at Goodwill is my family's poor and I'm a loser because I can't wear nice clothes. Okay. Nerd is yes. I'm a geekier, smarter person. That's not as cool as the cool kids, right? These things get put into buckets as a a kid when you're hearing them because you think of what category you fit in that's your fatal flaw that people are picking on when the more aggregate understanding we're trying to get across here to everyone and hopefully people are understanding that darren's nerd is applying more broadly to this is whatever it is that the bully is bringing up theo's example is case in point and it's awesome when you have folks like theo that have a large platform that are willing to admit I was the bully and in willing to admit I was a bully, it's because I was in pain myself. That's invaluable for people to hear is the lesson to the parent speaking to the child and hopefully the child who's listening to this episode is that bully is just trying to find something because they themselves are projecting their pain onto you. And it doesn't mean that that one thing that they're picking on, there's something massively wrong with you in that one area. It just means they're just trying to find something because they themselves are in so much pain that they're just throwing spaghetti at the wall and thinking what's going to stick and what's going to get there.
3: Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts.
1: Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly...
0: Patients who can see.
1: Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. And then to Mark's point... What, what i think we haven't spoken about in you know and, and and you know theo is very vocal politically about things so he gets the comments nowadays you know darren when you talk about getting the comments from the bar stoolies he gets comments from people like sit down cte boy like you know like you, you you took too many hits to the head in in uh in hockey right because they don't agree with his opinion right People are entitled to opinions. That, that, that's the reality of the world. You might not like Theo's opinion. You might, you might not like his political take. But for you to make it personal, it's one thing if you if you say, Theo, I don't like what you said here on this angle. Here's my take on this angle. Let's discuss and let's debate. That's not what happens online. So it's not what happens with kids online, and it's not what happens with adults online. And the line that 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 I always talk about my friends when it comes to discussing politics. I don't openly discuss politics publicly the way some of you guys do, but I certainly have political takes. And when I get into it with my friends, the line to me is, talk to me about the X's and O's. I'll talk to you about the X's and O's. It will never get personal. I'll never say you're an idiot for thinking this way. I'll share with you the X's and O's of the flaw in your thinking and give you an example to compare the examples But politics is an interesting play, that's why I bring up Theo in this, to show how when we're hurt, because we think our opinion or something that we're going through is being questioned, instead of going, well, think about it this way, we resort to name calling. And the name calling then gets internalized by us, and, you know, Theo may be able to laugh it off, but it's got to hurt a little bit that someone's saying CTE, CTE, like, you know, Thea, you just, you just went on mute. So I'll have you you, chime in on that point.
3: (laughs) Well, first of all, CT is undetectable until after you're dead. So, um, so, um, but I, I know what I'm getting myself into. I know that, you know, not everybody, uh, is going to agree with me. Um, but, uh, but wouldn't you the like most, Theo? Theo but, but, the you, most, but, but the most you'd appreciate it if people
1: who didn't agree with you debated with you. As opposed to, to your point, CTE can't mm-hmm. be detected. Their default is to say, oh, Theo's putting in me and my pain because he's questioning my opinions on things by him putting his own out there. So I'm just going to call Theo a name.
3: Yeah. Or, you know, they'll they'll ref because I've been very open about my addiction and about mental illness and all the things that I struggled with, they'll, that's their go-to, right. They'll, they'll bring up something about, you know, you know, you're off your meds, right. Or, you know, Oh, Theo must be back to smoking crack and, you know, sorry, I didn't smoke crack. I, I, I was able to afford the the expensive (laughs) stuff. Right. So, um, but uh yeah, it's it's just it's kind of par for the course of where you know we are we're at as a society, and uh you know, uh, uh, it's not hard to figure out <laughs> why we have a mental health epidemic on the planet is because we're so divided as a society, and nobody wants to debate, and uh you know, nobody wants to look at anything sorry from a compassionate empathetic lens which this space needs more than anything else is compassion and empathy uh understanding um kindness you know all those things so um and uh you know social media is such a toxic place but at the end of the day um uh you know it's important for me to stand in my truth, right? It's important for me to stand in my truth. And uh, yeah, I I may not be right about everything, but I think the bottom line is, uh, you know, I carried a secret around for 27 years. And at the end of the day, that almost killed me. And, uh, you know, I swore, you know, the rest of my life that I was going to stand in my own truth. And if people don't like it, then, you know, that's their problem. It's not mine. John.
4: So, yeah, it, it's interesting. I love this, the getting everybody's perspective because it's crucial to the topic. Right. I mean, the fact that the Theo it it's, it's one thing to, to talk about your woes. And it's another when you say I was a person who inflicted pain upon others. And that's a vulnerable piece that, you know, a, a big kudos and a thank you to Theo for admitting it because it's an important part of it. Then going through what he's saying, what you're bringing up, Eric, is this topic of being bullied as uh, as an adult, because there's always this stuff that just, they're daggers that we love in hand to throw, and social media has definitely played a role to amplify that. The interesting piece is as, as children, the decision, he's making these decisions, and Theo talks about that, that, those decisions making, like, I have the prowess in my head and understand, grab that information. It's it's social problem-solving skills. As adults, we tend to be able to compartmentalize and understand whether you care or not, no one engages, it's my opinion. As children, your your social problem-solving skills are almost non-existent. So they have a tendency, especially now, like there was a thing called play. Like it's literally missing, whether it's in sports or just get the hell outside, and do play stickball or kickball or chase kids around and play hide and seek that's always almost even too dangerous you can't go outside and play by yourself you can't walk home, walk home, walk home from school on your own you can't go to the mall and try to take a bus to come back you can't do anything like you literally have no social problem solving skills like i remember the woman who it was a couple of years ago in the news that she dropped her kid off at the mall and, and made and had him try to find his way back home, which he asked to do. And she put this thing out of how proud he was when he got back to the house and they blew her up saying she was in like that she should be put away or that, that you were abusive to this child. And it was like, what, what happened when we were younger and we were able to do such things? We've taken away that ability to interact with other children, understand what you could say, what you can't say, where safety is, where it's not safe. There's no interaction at that point, And they don't have the ability to decipher right from wrong or I don't care what you say. I'm me. I'm who I am. They don't even know who they are yet. And they're getting bombarded with issues. So the difference on the child versus the adult is it's a big deal. And the processing piece is why they go into that drift. And end up doing things they shouldn't and i do know mark would have would put an exclamation point on that
1: well the, the 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 there's differences and there's similarities as we transition to mark the one similarity i want to bring up as mark chimes in is why does darren get bullied as an adult because he's got a large platform why does theo get bullied as an adult because he's got a large platform what's the commonality there jealousy why does this kid The the key why we're here together is Terry. Why does Terry get bullied as a kid? Because he's a good athlete and gets accolades for the fact that he's being looked at to go from seventh grade to being on the varsity team. So much of what happens with bullying is because you're good at what you do and you're noticed for what you do, that there's a jealousy aspect from another person who's hurt trying to take you down. And so you're right, John, that there is a comfort level and a confidence that a Theo has now, that a Darren has now, that I could put it out there knowing that the bullying is going to come my way because, but as a kid, you don't know that. Harry doesn't realize that. Harry doesn't realize that he's getting taken down because he's a good athlete. He just internalizes, maybe I'm a fat ass. Maybe I don't know how to dress properly. Maybe I'm a loser and I'm never going to get better from this and not... Maybe those kids are jealous of me because I hit home runs that are 300 feet and throw the ball 71 miles an hour.
0: Mark. Yeah. I mean, it, it could be a jealousy thing. I, I think a lot of it's lack of understanding and a lack of empathy and lack of putting yourself in someone else's shoes. I mean, As an adult, even in the field of medicine, there's bullying because as a mental health professional, even choosing to go into it 15 years ago, I was constantly questioned. People are like, "You, you, you want to do what? And I'm like, well, yeah, it's like the human part of medicine. Like you actually, there's a, still the connection. There's, it's not algorithmic necessarily. You have to really like learn how to work with people. And, and anyway, it's uh, it happens everywhere. Medicine needs to figure itself out. It's doing better. I well, mean, Mark, there's, 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 I would call
1: that jealousy. Like, well, because because to me, that's someone else going, Mark's going to have this thing called a psych D next to his name. And he's going to be an MD and he's going to make decent money. And he's going to be able to work on something that's interesting let me cut him down at his knees and make it seem like that's not an interesting thing. I'm looking at John and I'm, oh, you're just a a doctor of, of, of chiropractic. You're not a doctor doctor. Like this is the stuff that people do. And maybe I'm too broadly using the term jealousy, Mark. But like I'm saying it because I think human nature, sadly, is these people who don't feel good enough about themselves look at tremendous accomplishments that people make and they feel better about themselves when they cut you down at your knees. So John, you want to pick up from there? Yeah, I I mean
4: I think I think you're hitting on all the right points and I think that um when people listen, they're hearing our individual stories and our reasons and why the youth are more susceptible and you know, some some takeaways is the understanding. Right. So we love storytelling so that people feel we're normalizing the conversation around issues and problems. That's why this podcast is successful, because people don't want to hear about the fact that the kid was bullied and he committed suicide. I, I mean, that's that's the the doomsday sprawling that we all do. And it becomes addictive. It's not about that. It's about the upstream reasons why the kid felt the way he did and why the bullies bullied in the first place. That's what we're kind of bringing to fruition here. So it, the, the the takeaway is that these kids should know that it's not the end of the world. It's not doomsday. It's a natural instinct for people who hurt people, hurt people. This is what happens in continuum. And speak to somebody. Let Reach out to a parent or a coach or somebody who's trusted with it. I know that feels like if I do it, I'm going to get more of it. Or if I say something, I may get more. It's actually quite the opposite. Engaging the right people who you feel comfortable with could give you that outlet of understanding. Or in actually may help that person who's bullying you. Because I don't like forgetting about the bully. I don't like forgetting about the shooter. I don't like forgetting about the person who's uh, who's taking or who's addicted to certain substances. I don't want. I want to know that those people are hurt. They're not. They can't do those things without knowing something happened to them. Like we don't go far enough upstream. So this is really. Parents need to find out and look at this as what 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 do I look for? You get scared because you think your child is being bullied, or maybe they said they were, or there's kids who listen and say, "Wait a minute, that's me." But I want also the parents to understand what are the signs of the ones who bully?
1: like what well, and, 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 you know, in, in challenging orthodoxy, challenging traditional ways things are done. One of the campaigns I hate in this space because of how general it is, and people are going to disagree with me, and that's fine, is I hate the campaign. It's okay not to be okay. Why do I hate that campaign? A number of different reasons. One, we're giving a green light to be like, it's okay not to be okay all the time right? They shouldn't say comma sometimes. But even if you take that out of the equation for a second, what we're doing right here, and it, it worked out the way I hoped it would work out is Darren started it with Chunky, Mark started, then followed up with Khaki, I started up with the sophisticated flatlays. Theo started up, that, then went with the, with the hype thing, and you went with the first base thing, right? Is every single one of us has a story of how we've been bullied, it's okay not to be okay is too generalized where we stop at that point and we expect parents to be able to use that tool, kids to be able to use that tool with each other and go, see, it's okay not to be okay. And then you as a kid are like, bullshit, I'm the only one who's getting my ass kicked by being told I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm a fat ass. And the only way past those campaigns are through actual vulnerability like this, where you open up and you share what the hell happened to you. And kids need to hear these things, because if they don't hear these things, and they hear just the campaigns, that's not enough. They need to hear what actually people were going through. That's the only way understanding happens. Because when when we're doing stuff with kids in school, it's not enough. It's not enough to talk in isms and to have posters on walls you need people coming in and being vulnerable like Theo is. Yes, Theo.
3: Well, um, there's always a reason for the behavior. And that behavior is a learned behavior. So bullying is a learned behavior. And so because it's an, a learned behavior, so if it can be learned, it can be also be unlearned as well, right? And I've worked really hard on that piece of me to not be a bully right because I know um how it affects the the person that you're bullying right obviously that's what we're we're talking about today you know and and so you know there there's uh uh there's opportunities for me now to go back and uh you know, and make, um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not amends, but, uh, yeah, make amends. Yeah. I, I have an opportunity now to make amends to those people that I hurt when I was a kid, you know, and I've had those opportunities, um, you know, lots, you know, and so that's, you know, that's an important piece as well, you know, is that, um, you know, you can go back and you can say sorry and you can apologize and, and, uh, you know, and then there's also, you know, a living amends as well, right? So, um, so yeah. You're, I, you're I making just... amends,
1: you're making amends, but you're also doing what, what, um, you know, Darren was saying Tom Brady essentially does with his picture, which is kids need to see that people who've ended up successfully have had specific things said about them. That's why I go to the nerds. Yeah,
2: yeah, I got I let me get that because I, I haven't thought about that. So um one of my children is dyslexic, and uh you look up dyslexic, successful people, and within one second he can realize he's not stupid. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's there and the resource is there. There is not the same thing for uh Terry. <laughs> not not like because it, the only place there is is like they do these things like when they were young can you figure out who they are and it's all about just the content of it right of like they just look different or but it but but like hey she she's a hot model and she was once a nerd like but it's not like overtly collected together a lot of things that we talk about here is the collection of data together why things are not being put in buckets we need people who look awkward who were bullied we need and maybe we put it on our page
3: maybe we
2: do it maybe it's on our network here 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 is a page of people who share your stories of being bullied and share how you are today people who are celebrities aggregate that because the same resource doesn't exist in the same way. Hey, you're dyslexic. And, you know, guess what? Albert Einstein was too. Boom. Done.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. It's uh. so one of our close friends is Aaron Taylor, the college football um, Hall of Famer and, and won the Super Bowl with Brett Favre a number of times on his line. And he's coming out with a line of clothes that's mentally ill being written a different way to try to flip the concept of mentally ill on its head, like ill back in the eighties and nineties when ill was like, you be ill and right. Like it was, it was a cool thing to be. And there's, there's some utility in what you're sharing, Darren, that like, I'm only taking your idea of nerd and then making it broader. So it's like, nerd is one of them, but I'm fat, P-H-A-T and F-A-T, right? Like I'm ugly. Right. And it's like, we could all have a normalization conversation around some of the awkwardness that we had as little kids at those ages when we were picked on. And when you come out there and you're like, I dealt with it, like, we're all going to deal with it. It's sadly part of it. But also like a, a learning campaign around it of like, it makes you stronger, fine, but also like, why are you projecting this on other people when we're all dealing with it? Right. So, like you're 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 educating the bully while also educating the bullied at the same time. And so you're 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 ceasing some of those behaviors while at the same time, you're giving community to John's point to the people who are getting those messages. Cause I think that's where the Terry's of the world get so lost. Is I'm Theo and I'm a hockey player. And I'm the shortest one on the ice who's at this level. I'm the only one who's getting bullied for being short. The, 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 I'm taking it. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. I'm, I'm Terry. I'm, I'm kicking ass in, in baseball, but I'm being called fat. I'm the only one who gets called fat. I'm the only one who gets called fat, and that's it. And that's what mental health complications do to us. It doesn't matter what the thing is that we're struggling with. We feel like we're alone. We feel like we're the only ones dealing with it and whatever the it is, whether it's a symptom or whether it's the name we're being called, we feel like we're alone, which is why we as an organization hate labels and hate bucketing because all it does is separate us further. Now I can't relate to the other person who's dealing with something else. So, so, so Darren, your, your idea is a good one. And now imagine that same theme of those t-shirts having multiple utilities towards not just nerd, but all these other ones, but it's done in the same theme. And so like the the message to everyone who's wearing one of those shirts of them back in the day is, look at what I was called, look at what I was called, look at what I was called, look at what I was called. And now you're normalizing that this is part of human nature. It sucks. We're going to try to put a stop to it and we all deal with it. And And you put all that together and it's a pretty strong campaign. It's something we should absolutely look into doing. So excited that Theo got to join us. Um, after making a huge impact in the British Vancouver Islands, um, British Columbia, uh, he 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 woke up at a very early time <laughs> to uh to get yeah. on. We had Dr. Mark Allen, who I mentioned again, will be joining regional psychiatry as we build these opportunities for us to be able to educate people who need help and not just see patients, but explain the mind body connection, do it in child, adolescent, do it an adult and be able to actually offer services where there's a one-stop shop where people can come and learn about what's going on in the brain and the body. And I I just implore you, if you're listening to these episodes, you know, it's a repeat of the beginning, but like subscribe, give five-star reviews I ask that not out of a hubris, but because that's what helps us get these conversations wider. It's what helps us be able to take these conversations and reach and help more people. And that's why we do these conversations is because they're so important to us. John, did you have one thing you wanted to end on?
4: Yeah, I just wanted to add because when 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 we had the topic and you asked, like, hey, come on and give a perspective. I jotted down a couple of things on two ends as a takeaway for listeners, and one was signs to be careful with your children that may be bullied, like unexplainable injuries, loss of clothes or books or electronics or jewelry being missing, frequent headaches and stomach aches or complaining they don't want to go to school, changes in eating habits, um, uh, diff- declining grades, sudden loss of friends or avoidance of social social situations feeling helpless, um, self-destructive behavior, like self-harm. Like those are the things you want to make sure you're watching out for the kids who are reacting that way. And then also knowing whether the signs of somebody who is bullying, like getting into physical and verbal alterc- altercations, have friends who who bully others, are increasingly very aggressive. They go to the principal's office because something happened and, you know, don't accept responsibilities for their action. They're never, they're never wrong or... Like there's things that you as a parent want to look for. Um, so if that's the the listener and then the takeaway for the younger generation is just to say that what we say all the time, and that is same here because you're not alone. There's a lot of people who've gone through it who continue to go through it. And somebody, you know, is already in the middle of it too. And it's, Oh, it's fine to open up about it. So I just want to make sure that we had
1: a little take home for. It. No, it's a, it's a great list. It's, Hopefully if you listen to this episode, you could play back what John just shared because it's a lot of information in a short period of time and I actually write down that list and and have it for you. listen, we've got a community the community is at same here underscore global on all of our social channels on Instagram on 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 Twitter and I share that because it's a place for you to be able to come where people make comments. And they share with each other. That doesn't happen often on social media. What happens often on social media is, I hate you, no, I hate you, no, you're wrong, no, you're wrong. This is a place where people come and share their commonalities. So please come find us there. And on behalf of Mark as our guest, Dr. Rosa, who's our frequent guest, and I guess maybe is almost like a tangential co-host now in a way. Uh, Darren Revell, Theo Fleury, I'm Eric Kusin. This has been another episode of We're All A Little Crazy. Next episode will be about the mass shootings that we've seen and can we have a deep, in-depth conversation about all the factors that are going to that. So we will see you next week. Thanks so much.